What's up? I'm Bryant. And I'm Caitlin. And Operation Silver Screen is a go. Hello, welcome to Operation Silver Screen. This cinema-related operation has been created to clear our desks from stacks of open cases. What are these cases? Well, even being the film lovers that we are, Caitlin and I have a huge backlog of must-see films still need to be experienced. So each week we'll tackle a film that either one of us or both of us need to see. We will then provide a debrief of our week's mission, given our outlook on the film's popularity and significance, as well as providing our opinion on whether or not it's worth seeing and other fun insight. And Caitlin, what was this week's mission? Our mission this week takes us to the Upper West Side of New York in the mid-1950s, where danger and dancing fill the streets. That's right, we're talking about what's known as the greatest musical movie ever, West Side Story. So we chose to embark on this mission as our first ever episode, because we have a remake coming out soon on December 10th, directed by Steven Spielberg. But neither Bryant nor I have seen the original Jerome Robbins-directed 1961 film in full. The first part of our debrief will be spoiler-free, as we talk about our overall thoughts on the film. But as we move into the classified part of the mission, there will be some spoilers on the story, just in case you've been living under a rock like Brian and I. We'll be sure to give you a warning when we get to that part, uh, but for now, let's go ahead and get into it. So, Brian, tell us what's been holding you back from seeing this film for so long. Again, it's the the runtime on this one, and honestly, it is a, a... Yeah, again, as like most things... That uh that I procrastinate on it has to do with the runtime. It's a two and a half hour movie. It's an older movie, and I mean I have no problem with it being an older movie, but it's just nothing that I've heard. I've always heard it as in you need to watch this movie just because this movie exists. There's nothing really spectacular that I know about this movie, so that's why I never uh, hurried up with the opportunity to watch it. So for me, uh. I'm very familiar with West Side Story. I think I read the the book or the screenplay maybe once or twice in school. I've seen several clips of this in school. I've obviously read read Romeo and Juliet, which this is based on several times. Um, And I am not a fan of Romeo and Juliet. I am not a fan of the tropes in Romeo and Juliet. Uh, I'm not usually a fan of Romeo and Juliet derivatives. So for me, this was not something that I was in a rush to go and watch in full. Um, I pretty much knew the whole story, like I said, from reading the books. I do think there's some some good music in this um, from what I had heard prior to seeing this film. You know, some iconic moments. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But so, yeah, I wasn't really in a rush to watch this one. You have a much more noble reason for not watching this one. I was just like, I'm lazy. And I'm uninterested. You got this great literature, yeah, repel from this film. Yeah, I do. I am not a fan of Romeo and Juliet. I think part of it's just because I think Romeo and Juliet's a book, play, that is usually misunderstood. Um, I think a lot of people focus on that love story. Um, And it's kind of not really a love story. It's really um, what Shakespeare, when he was writing it, it was very much a kind of a raunchy play. Uh, There's some humor in it. And then it was, of course, a tragedy. Um, But for me, I just I don't find very many characters in it very likable. 
So, uh, and I wasn't just a fan of the story, and like I said, the the kind of tropes that kind of came out of that. So, I, I was curious as what I was going to find going into this film. But, I mean, critics have been saying a lot of good things about this, um, you know, for a while. It won several Academy Awards. Um, I actually have a list of some of the ones that they won here. Um, they won at the Academy Awards. It's 10 Academy Awards. For Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor. Uh, that went to the actor who played Bernardo, George Chakiris. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that long. Uh, it also got Best Supporting Actress to Rita Moreno, who was the first Latina actress to actually win um, an acting award in that category. I think she's still only like one of three, I think. Um, it also won for Best Art Direction, Best Cinematography, Costume, Film editing, score, sound, and an Academy Honorary Award went to Jerome Robbins as well. So that's just that's just at the Oscars. Uh, so there's a plenty of awards that they won past that. So I think it's a highly critically acclaimed film. And I think it's something that people still look back fondly. And that's why we're getting a remake coming up. Yeah, and I'd like to add to that, to the Oscars. This, is, this has the, the history of the second most Oscar wins with 10. Above it, there's three movies that have won 11. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, Ben-Hur, and I forget the third film. But this is definitely the top for any musical. This has won the most awards for, for any musical produced in the Academy. Yeah, and like I said, it's still still followed pretty fondly. So that's that's kind of what the critics have to say. I think there's... No doubt that this is a highly regarded film, but what was what was your opinion of it, Brian? My opinion, actually, I would like to say one more thing about the critics. How it was acclaimed because I thought this one was interesting. Uh, AFI said this is the number two all-time musical, and I didn't really. Uh, I, I I can't say it's number two. I don't even know. If I would even if I made a list, if I would even put it on there, it's not like I've seen a lot of musicals. I'm not, you know, I haven't been into a lot of plays. I've been to a couple and everything, but this movie, it's it's a bit shallow. There, it it is a Romeo and Juliet story, and yeah, it has this race element, and you, you know, the, these two these two gangs going at it in this inner city setting. But it is still just the Romeo story, Juliet, uh, Romeo and Juliet story, to where two people who want to be together can't be together because their two sides of friends and family don't don't like each other. Other than that, it's uh, it's got some it's got some good music in it and some good dance choreography for the most part. There are a couple couple that I was kind of blacking out on. Uh, but yeah, this was it, and this was a film that was also kind of hard to bite at first. Like, as soon as I started watching this, this wasn't one of my dreaded picks. Like, it's not like I wasn't looking forward to watching this movie. I've been meaning to for a while, especially because the remake's coming out. But, man, seeing... Th this is why the social food chain exists. Because if not, theater kids would just be running rampant. Because this <laughs> film starts out with these hardened gangsters. These these little these little hoodlums. Just and all snapping. they're doing... All they're doing is snapping... Trolling in circles and climbing on things. If anything, they're just like a public nuisance. But the cops, they're like, man, we're on them. We're about to get them. Like, these guys have been destroying our community. No, they're just, you know, maybe they broke a, a light post or something because they were trying to swing from it. 
Uh, so, and especially there's no music on at first, so it's kind of like you muting a music video, and it, or, you know, pausing the laugh track on, on a show, you're just kind of watching people do things, uh, but once I got into it, you know, so, it, it, it becomes that musical everybody knows, and for the most part, loves. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that there was an overture at the beginning of the film, it very much feels like you're watching a stage musical and I, I like musicals um uh I do I like musical films for the most part I wouldn't say it's my favorite genre um but I enjoy it and there's some songs that I actually um enjoy the main song somewhere I, I actually enjoy I think I sang that once in a choir when I was in school um but yeah like I said I wouldn't have known it was a Romeo and Juliet film and I think that kind of ruined a bit of it for me. It, it does have quite a shallow story, um, but the costumes I thought were really interesting. The costumes are something that stood out to me just because, um, you know, there is such an awareness of color in this film, uh, from a visual point of view at least. Um, yeah, like, there were moments when you would see um, the jets and the sharks next together, next to each other in groups. And there was such attention to detail about what colors they were wearing. Um, but Jets often were wearing like more cooler colors, lots of blues and grays, um, yellows. And while the sharks were usually wearing the purples, the reds, the, the more warmer toned colors. And a lot of times the scenes also kind of had that grading to it, that filter, that kind of set the tone of each scene. Which So I thought that was interesting. I thought a lot of the choreography was interesting. Um, I thought Rina Moreno was fantastic, and she absolutely deserved that Oscar that she got. Um, but can we talk about the elephant in the room? You know, which is I something that I I have not actually seen too many articles about. I know they exist. I've seen a couple. I want to talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, now, I, I would talk about the. the oh wait, I, I would talk about the elephant in the room too, but. I don't see an elephant. I see like something that kind of looks like a brown face elephant in the room trying to blend in. <laughs> Are we talking about that elephant in particular? Yeah, that that elephant. <laughs> God dang that Big elephant! Old brown face. Yeah. So uh, I'm pretty sure Rita Moreno was the only uh, Hispanic Latina in that film, and even she was in brown face. Even the only Puerto Rican in that film, they made Tanner. So she would look more Puerto Rican. And I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> Why are we still heralding this movie as being some kind of racial achievement when the whole cast is in brown face, except for your lead actress? They left her as pale as possible because they can't make her look too Puerto Rican. Yeah, so, so yeah, that was quite an elephant. <laughs> yeah, that, that that elephant was, as soon as it started, I was like, am I seeing this right? Like, that's an odd tan. Like, no, 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 that's not right. And the, so there was another one. I believe the person who, the actor who played Chino uh, is of Latino descent, uh, Jose de Vega. And now okay. saying the name. Yeah, yes. I, I, thought there, yeah. I thought he was, but then I read that there was only Rita Moreno, so I didn't know. But I think everyone else in that film was just good old brown face. <laughs> you know, I was, I was actually already preparing to say, like, the elephant in the room. And everything. I was just waiting for you to to break off, but I was thinking about holding it because we are going to go into does this film hold up today? 
And I think during that segment of our video, uh, I have a couple more things to say about the brown face because I did read some articles on it. So video, we are we recording this now? <laughs> huh? Yes. <laughs> video There's recording. no video, guys. It's just audio. <laughs> yes. The uh, along with the brown face, another issue I had, and it kind of hurt having Rita Moreno in there, is the accent. Like they, they, you know, we complain about accents in movies now, but at least they're trying. The ones in here were not trying, and when they were opposite Rita uh, Moreno, mm -hmm. that was yeah, that was hard. Yeah, it was yeah. rough. Um, and it was just like a couple words thrown in here or there, like they never were really speaking too much in Spanish. Um, but I have read that that's something that Spielberg is actually looking to remedy in his remake. Um, I've read that he has some moments in there where there's just Spanish being spoken and there's no subtitles or anything with that. Um, so I think that was pretty cool. I think he's definitely trying to incorporate that more. And looking at his cast, I think uh, all the Latino characters from what I've seen so far, uh, I could be wrong, um, but they all appear to be Latino. Oh, yeah, well, Spielberg is also going to say that he's actually going to, for this movie, uh, use a more natural skin tone makeup for the white actresses. That way it kind of blends in a little better, the HDR. You <laughs> can believe it a little bit more. Gosh, it was no. so bad. So bad. Like, they didn't and even get good airbrushing or anything. They just packed that on. Just, ugh. Just some, some brown powder. Bad spray tan. It was bad. Yeah, and we can talk about that more. Um, we mentioned Rita Moreno a couple times. I wanted to give a shout out to her because she's actually an EGOT winner. She's one of the few EGOTs out there. The Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award bearer. Now, I've seen uh, some other things with her, and I absolutely adore her. I think she's so fun. Um, and even just listening to interviews from her, uh, I don't know. I just think she's a very fun person. I think she's a very talented person. Um, I always go back to the uh, story because she, she dated both Marlon Brando and Elvis. And she dated oh, wow. Elvis to get back at Marlon Brando. And she has some interesting commentary about that. So I suggest uh, looking that up if you're interested more about who she is as a person and just some of her life. Um, definitely look up some interviews from her. I, I, I adore her. Um, and I think that all her awards from this movie were very well deserved. She'll be in the remake as well. Mm hmm. Yep. I'm not sure what character she's playing. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't really a lot of older people in this film. Uh, like, just I Doc think there and the was police like officers. The yeah, that was it. There's like two characters that are older, but she mentioned her parents a couple times, but we never actually saw them. So I'm curious to see where she'll she'll fit in there. Do you have any other thoughts about your overall opinion of the film? No, see the well, yes, uh, the production. I like the production a lot. It kind of had this. It had a real plate of film vibe to it. Like it was kind of mixing the the two genres there, and I appreciate that. I think with musicals. And I think we're a little bit spoiled now because the productions are so grand and you have special effects, you know, especially when you look at movies like In the Heights uh, or, you know, something subtle like La La Land. 
it's, it's it's something to to be enjoyed in this film. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned those movies because, um, like moving on to our next section, we can talk a little about the influence that it had. And, and when I was watching, I definitely thought about In the Heights, and and that movie also just came out uh, this past summer. Um, and you can definitely see a lot of influence in that film, not just from the Latino perspective, but just from you know the overall production, the color. It doesn't shy away from being a, a film based on a Broadway film. I mean, a film based on a Broadway play. Um, and I think it it makes that transition from one to the other pretty seamlessly. I think West Side Story more so feels like you're watching a stage and be acting in West Side Story. It, so basically, I think that there's a bigger gap uh, with modern film between like stage and film acting than there was back then. Um, the acting in West Side Story definitely felt more for stage than I would think modern films are. Um, just something I noticed. And I think you get that with older films in general. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say that the influence from this film is definitely being seen, um, in a positive way. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, like I said, this is, this movie, I think is just more of a pioneer than actually being the great inspiration, you know, that, that some movies around this time ended up being. I don't think it really has that kind of influence when you really look at it. You know, it is a solid musical, but that's that's about it. It was just one of the first of its kind. Uh, I know some influence it had on Romeo and Juliet uh, adaptions from this point. There's there was a change that was made to the story in this film, and that was carried on. And I was reading about how most Romeo and Juliet adaptions no longer even include that scene because of how this film did it and the change that they made. Uh, but again, this is just, it inspired musicals. Uh, and, you know, musicals have just taken it and just gone away with it, but it's not like they're really having to pay homage to this movie. Will you be talking more about that in our, our spoiler section? Yeah. Yeah, I think another film that came out that same year was uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, um, which also has yellow face in it. So I don't know what was with movies during this time, but I do think Breakfast at Tiffany's is a better film, also an adaptation of a different source material. But I think Breakfast at Tiffany's story-wise holds up a little bit more. Um, and there is things that definitely hold up in this film that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but also, uh, fun fact, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Audrey Hepburn, she, Audrey Hepburn was actually supposed to be Maria in this film. Uh, and then I think something happened. I think she might've been pregnant, actually. I'll have to double check that. But she wasn't able to be in the film. Uh, and Tony at one point, was going to be offered to Elvis. So you would have had West Side Story starring Audrey Hepburn and Elvis Presley. That that would have been interesting. I knew Audrey Hepburn was uh, was the possible cast and said Natalie Wood got it. Well, she, does, she does well, even though she's not singing. Uh, the actual singer 
of it is uh, Marnie Nixon. She's the, actually the one singing, and uh, Wood is just lip syncing to it. Well, I'm looking up real quick just to see. Yes, okay, so I just looked it up, and yes, Audrey Hepburn was, in fact, pregnant, and that's why she turned down uh, that role in West Side Story. So, Brian, who would you recommend this movie to? Like, would you only recommend it to the theater geeks or the cinephiles? Who would you recommend this to? I would recommend this to the cinephiles, the theater geeks, especially the theater geeks. I would recommend this to them, even though I wouldn't say like, hey, this, you have to watch this movie to understand theater. One, because I don't know theaters. I don't know what they should really be watching for inspiration. But also, again, this is just, this is just the basics. You know, it's, it's, it's the basic formula. If you want to see the formula at, at its, at its base, then yeah, this is the movie to watch. However, there's other musicals out there for the general audience, and we are getting a 2021 or 2020 remake of this film. And I think the general audience are going to appreciate that a lot more. I, yeah, I can't see putting this on for anybody unless they say, man, how did musicals start? And when you, when you name that movie to me, let's go ahead and put it on. Then yeah, and I may walk out for a little bit or something. Like I said, I think there is stuff to learn about, like the costuming. Uh, I think if you are generally if have music knowledge, you might get more out of this. Um, I have heard a lot about uh, some special things of the music. I I don't have much background with music, so I don't I don't know if I can really speak to to what was special about it. Uh, but I think I mean it's Stephen Sondheim. Um, he did the the music the lyrics are that and i know he's he's really big in the musical world well in just the overall world <laughs> but so just for that alone i think it's definitely worth um taking a look at but yeah it's a remake so if you're a general audience just go see the remake um you probably will benefit more from a more modern telling of this because i like i said i think some things in this film are a bit dated yeah i agree that things things are dated again we're gonna Talk about that a little bit and there again there, there are some things to learn from this movie just like you said for instance i found it interesting that uh jeremy robbins who was the one that created this jerome, play was isn't it jerome hmm? is it jerome? i'm pretty sure it's not jerome i thought it was jerome i, I thought it was jerome too I, I... but i think that's a way to pronounce jeremy <laughs> is it what okay we need to look this up Okay. Is it Jerome or Jeremy? Okay. If you're listening to this podcast and uh you know if it's pronounced Jerome or Jeremy, uh please add us on our social media. Um I'll be it's at our Twitter is at op silver screen. I'll be saying that again at the end of the podcast, but please please let us know if this is Jerome or Jeremy. Because uh, I'm a little thrown right now, because I definitely said Jerome earlier in this podcast, so I hope I'm not going to get showed up. <laughs> showed up know. on the first episode. I I'm probably showing up on it. I, I was reading it Jerome for a while, and I was like, this little, I was like, and honestly, I'll, I'll be honest, it's a race thing. And he's, he's a, I, know, I never met a white person named Jerome. I met plenty named Jeremy. That's true. So honestly, I never met a black person named Jerome either. Usually Jerome is like, I don't know. <laughs> but he was, uh, yeah. Mr. Robbins was asked to leave. Uh, he was fired, even though he still won the 
the director's award and everything at the Academy's co-director, he was asked to leave by the studio. And the reason is, is because he was trying to direct this movie as if he was directing a play where uh, things come on a play such as rehearsing again and again and again and again. And his perfectionism there, uh, the actors nor the studio were, were having it. They're like, we, we can't keep doing this like this. You know, we're not going to get anywhere. It's expensive. At that time, they're shooting on 70 millimeter film, which is expensive. So they're just burning all of that up. And after this, he, he never directed another film. He, he stayed with plays. So again, there, there are some things to learn here. But honestly, you can learn a lot from this film by reading about it not necessarily having to sit down and watch the whole thing. I think there's some merit in watching like some of the musical numbers. Um, I mean, some definitely stood out more than others. I found all the Jets musical numbers to be quite boring. Uh, but like the, the whole scene at the dance, I think there's some merit in uh, maybe just going on YouTube and, and checking out some of the musical numbers. Um, some are definitely better than others. Um, but I think... Like the America, um, whatever that, the, the America song. What's it called? <laughs> it, it, it's called America. Okay, yeah, it's called I, America. I looked up the song. And yeah, that's actually the song I that I like the most. Yeah, I think America in Somewhere are considered the best song. Which is another song that I thought there was more to the title, but it was actually just Somewhere. Just these one word titles are throwing me off. But I think. Those um are definitely worth watching. I think the the whole scene at the dance that they go to is worth watching, and I think you can watch that without seeing like the rest of the film, because there are there are some musical numbers that I did not like. Like I said, I I think anytime the Jets were on the screen doing one of their musical numbers, I was I was out of it. Like you said, the the theater kid gangs just you know. Dancing around the street, <laughs> snapping. Yeah, that that didn't interest me so much. It, it might be fun to watch, just you know, just for a good laugh. <laughs> um, I like the officer, but... uh, officer Crunky. I like that song. That was I, I enjoy that one. That's the one they jet. And I, I enjoyed that one as well. Is that that the opening? No, that's the one where they're talking about the juvenile delinquents and like how they blame their parents for. There, uh, why there's such a problem in society now. Mm, okay. But yeah, so it's definitely worth, you know, checking some things out about it. Checking out the, the remake if you really want to see the story, but you're not not fully wanting to invest in an older film. But that's who I recommend it to. I think, generally speaking, no, I don't really recommend watching the whole film if it's not going to really really pique your interest if you're like on the fence about it just just read about it it's easy enough story to grasp it's very simple so moving on i think uh we're ready to get into some of our more spoilery discussions so this is our, our classified section of our debrief so if you haven't seen this film and you're really wanting to see this film you don't want to hear the spoilers so you know, this movie's been out for a while, just an FYI, so if you're really going to be spoiled, you know, I don't know how we can help you any more than that, but, so if you haven't seen this film and you want to see this film and you don't want to be spoiled, just, uh, pause this podcast, uh, go watch it, um, then come back and come listen to the rest of our, our discussion here. So yeah, so let's get into some of the, the nitty gritty of this story, Brian. We're down to spoilers, and I guess this will be considered somewhat of a spoiler. And I gotta be honest, you know, now that I'm here around 
people that have also seen the movie. You know, I'm here with with friends. I did not watch this whole film. I skipped what? about two minutes of you it. You cheated? Wait, so I had to watch this whole entire film so we can have this discussion. I, I suffered through it. <laughs> and you skipped parts of it? I only skipped two minutes. And I'll tell you where I skipped the two minutes. And that was that stupid opening scene that lasted literally five minutes. I thought, Are you talking about I, the, the overture or like the actual opening scene? The overture. Because I okay. thought I, I had the fair. wrong video. I thought my screen froze. Because this movie just starts out like sampling its music like it's Quentin Tarantino. I was like, am I, did, am I, did I just download the soundtrack for two and a half hours with a visualizer? So I skipped ahead for a little bit. And I was like, okay, no, I got it. And then I went back just a little bit, but not right where I went back. Yeah, that, so yeah, I, I mean, I think I missed out on like two minutes of that overture in the beginning. Side note, I think overture is the right terminology. Like I said, I don't have much theater knowledge. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. But you know, the part at the beginning when the orchestra is just playing and everyone's just settling down for a good old time, that part uh, in the movie was there. And it was a very weird screen image that they had. And they also had an intermission too. It was just a kind of like a blank image with lines on it. So I, I definitely understand why you thought that that your your image was just broken <laughs> yeah very very much so what what the spoiler you know being able to talk more about it one thing i'm wondering is this is a movie not just about the love story you know that that's kind of the shallow part of it there's also this story about race and opposing opposing gangs how did you you know take away the the brown face uh, portion and the lack of accents. How did you feel about that message in the film? I feel like points were made at times, um, especially in like the America song. I think that things were brought up that are valid and, and had to speak to the racial relations at the time and how immigrants were viewed at the time. And I think they're still valid today. I feel like the film itself was a little too feel good for me. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a tragedy. It has a, a sad ending. But I think there's this idea that, you know, their love is going to bridge the gap between the two groups. It's going to heal all racial relations. Maybe not all. But I I don't like that aspect of the story. I think that the Jets were, were just really awful um, through most of the film. I think more so than what I saw from the Sharks as far as their wrongdoings and their view on them because they were immigrants. And then I didn't understand Maria. You know, this guy killed her brother. I mean, I know it, it was an accident, I guess. Somewhat of an accident. And she just, you know, she's just sitting there like, oh, that's all right. I know you killed my brother, but, you know, I understand I still love you. And Anita kind of goes off on her a little bit. And she just kind of shrugs her off. And it's just like, you know, you should understand how I feel because you were in love. Like, yeah, she was in love with your dead brother that this guy just killed. Like, I just wanted, I needed to just slap her. Like, I just wanted to slap her. Like, there's no coming back from this. Like, you're being a stupid bitch. Like, just walking around with stars in your eyes. And yeah, so I just, mm, I had some issues with it. Okay, so we may have a little bit of a disagreement here. A little bit. So yeah, things may be getting, you know, spicy. Uh, I think. Both were at fault for what was going on. 
And I think that was actually the message of the film. Not so much to solve the racial divide, but just showing that, hey, as long as you guys live in this hate, then you're going to continue having these issues. And they, they say throughout the film, like, they can never explain why they don't like each other. They, they just don't like each other. You know, it's just because, hey, they're Puerto Ricans and we're Americans. But they, you know, every time they're like, they started it. No, they started it. It's like, well, at this point, it doesn't even matter who started it. Both of you guys, you know, are now having significant losses. You know, they both, you know, everybody walks away losing on, on both sides of the house for this. And I, I would say that the Jets do take it a bit far, especially in the bar scene. The bar scene, like when Anita came in and they started messing with her, it felt almost out of character. Not even, I can't really say out of character, but it felt way more aggressive than the other parts of the film like because they always kind of kept this little bit of mutual respect with each other because the, if they hated each other the only person people they hated more than each other were the cops and the cops came in and you know yeah they showed you like hey we can be even worse than them and we're going to be horrible to you as well so i think i think the racial the racial message i think it didn't say a lot, but I think it said enough, and I think it did it. I think it did it. It, it met its means. Like it set out to say this, it said it, and then it left. Nothing really, nothing more or less with it. I, I can see that. I think there were times that the film kind of played it safe, though. I feel like there would could have been an interesting conversation about like assimilation. That, that it starts to touch, but then doesn't fully go into it. And I'm not saying that the sharks were innocent, I think that... But I think that they had to do what they had to. I don't think I saw them as the initial antagonists of the story. And, and then that instance um, with Anita's character in the bar... Um, just of a a bit of a trigger warning in case you you're listening to this and haven't seen the film. There is a an attempted sexual assault scene that did it did feel out of place in the film just because it, it I mean it seems kind of like a light musical and then it it got really really dark in that scene uh, and very upsetting um very upsetting to watch too but yeah that, that's that's kind of why I'm very much anti jets that and then like I said I I just don't I don't feel for Maria at all. Um, I don't like her as a character at all. Like I said, her brother just died. And even if it was an accident, I, I don't think that's something you get past. Like, that's something you can't build a relationship on. And, and so this idea that they had this beautiful love after knowing each other for three days, and you can get past someone murdering your brother to, to fulfill that love, just it just really didn't sit with me well. That, w that was my thoughts on that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't like that. And that's one of kind of my issues with it. And I think it's something that's criticizing musicals too, is kind of that shallowness, especially when it comes to relationships. Because I didn't get, yeah, like Maria and Tony saw each other at the dance and bam, they're in it for the long haul. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's just, you know, some dumb love, you know, kind of like Greece, just the summer love. But yeah, then... He kills her brother, and it wasn't really an accident. It was an impulse. He meant to do it. Luckily, I'm glad he, like, admitted it. But she should have been like, hey, look, understand. What I'm not going to do is call Chino. And what I'm also not going to do is continue with you on the bus. 
you, let's just part ways. You know, this is kind of awkward. Like, this is definitely going to come up in some later conversations. They're going to be having an argument, you know, about something in the house. And she's like, well, is that what you did to Bernardo before before you killed him? Is that what you said to him as well? So, yeah, they just, yeah, her character, they didn't give her much to do. They, there wasn't, she got one song that's all you learn about her character. And that's just how she's in love with this guy. And, I mean, I, Tony, I understand a little bit more. Because we do get some more time with Tony. I think Tony is a likable guy. I think he's actually a lovable guy. I'm not going to lie. Tony was my favorite character. And every time he popped up on screen, like he brightened up the scene. He was just this tall, just goofy, lightheaded dude. And I like that. And I can kind of understand a little bit her love for him. But the other way around, not so much. I really didn't like his opening song. Oh, his like, opening I think song. that was a part that really dragged for me. You mean his opening three verses and then just repeating it for two minutes? Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty much it's just a chorus. That's it. He just says the name Maria. Spoiler warning: Maria like forty times, and then Wait, it says no, something. Wait, no, not that one. Not that one. Not that oh. song. Oh, when he uh, sees her at the dance. It. No, before that. Um, let me let me look it up. Oh, when he's sitting on the when he's sitting down drinking the coke. It's when we first see him and he's singing about, you know, he has this feeling that something's about to happen. Okay, yeah, I got you. The the old prophet musical number. <laughs> the premonition. Foreshadow the musical. No, but I, I liked him. Who I didn't like also in the movie, I want to call this person out. I mean, this really doesn't go into like the bigger points here, but I did not like that anybody girl. The one that wanted to be part of the gang. Oh, no, I couldn't stand her. What was her point? What was the purpose of her? To inspire Scrappy-Doo years to come. Is that what it was? I think so, because, God, man, she annoyed the crap out of me. I'm like, well, you just chill. Like, they don't want you in the game because you're a girl. They don't want you in the game because you're annoying. The pick-me girl? Yeah. I, I almost wondered if maybe, like, in the play, I I'm just making a guess here. It's been the original musical maybe that was like a younger boy or something and then they made it a girl i don't know it it felt weird uh it didn't really do anything for the plot except i don't know i guess some kind of comedy relief like haha she's a girl ha it was just weird i wouldn't even say it's offensive or anything it was just it was just kind of an unnecessary little thing <laughs> yeah they didn't really try to make a too much of a message out of it trying to say hey girls can do anything guys can do better all that so it wasn't offensive, it was just, man, her scenes were annoying. She was, she was quite annoying. So what did you think of, like, the ending? I liked the, I liked the ending. Actually, I felt the ending. I didn't really care for the, the two characters' love, the two leader, uh, lead act, actors' love. But I felt it, you know, when, I, I do like that shot a lot when he was running up and he gets shot and falls into her arms. I think that was, I, I think that was just choreographed so well. It, it was just it was just flawless. I really like that scene. Uh, her then waving the gun at everybody. At everybody, I like I like what she said. You know, now that I'm full of hate, I can kill as well. Which I thought that's that when was she a was good about, line. I thought she was about to pull the trigger on herself, and that the movie, the movie would have got me if she did that. Like I thought she was going to turn it around, and then I don't know. They were up in the ante anyway during this whole movie. That was the final thing, just to just take it all. Especially because now thinking about Romeo and Juliet, now Juliet, I believe Juliet kills herself at the end, right? 
Yeah, they both they are both dead die. at the end of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. They both kill themselves. Yeah, because the other one thought that the other one had died, which this does happen, but again, it works way, it works differently. And the Romeo in this story still ends up dying because he thought Juliet had died. And there wasn't, a, I didn't think there was too much weight to that in particular. So, so at the end of the bar scene, um, Anita makes a comment that she lies to the Jets and, and mentions that Chino found out that Maria was seeing Tony and he shot her. And so he, she lies and says that Maria is dead. Um, and Tony learns of this and, and he's running around looking for her. But then she just kind of pops up and she's like, oh, surprise, I'm actually alive. And I feel like regardless of whether that would have happened or not, he still probably would have, it probably would have still ended the same, um, him getting shot by Chino just trying to run and meet her. So I, I kind of feel like that lie didn't really have much weight to me. Like I said, I, I kind of felt like that was going to happen regardless of whether, you know, that happened, she made that lie or not. Um, but the ending. That was something that I didn't really know much about going into it. Um, I assumed they both died at the end because, like I said, Romeo and Juliet. Um, so I was actually surprised that that he died, he got shot, but but she did live. I was expecting her to, to pull the trigger on herself with the gun um, at the end. So, so that did surprise me, actually. And I, yeah, like I said, I enjoyed the, the ending of this film. I think uh, that was one of the times that the movie... Got me, caught me by surprise, you know. It didn't like subvert the narrative or anything like that, but there was there was a good, you know, change. And the other one was when Tony killed Bernardo. Uh that one was uh that one, you know, called me as well. So I think it's safe to say though that we don't don't fully agree with the critics on this one. Is there anything you do agree with the critics on? I agree with the the critics at the time. I mean, like I said, this is a it's a solid movie. It hits all the points that it's trying to hit, and its production is great with what they had available to them. And it does. It even tries to make like some technical strides. It does some. It does some camera tricks. But yeah, they aren't that glamorous as what we spoiled today with, but it was something to appreciate. So I think you know with the critics at the time, and if I was a person of that time too, then yeah, I would I would agree with critics on this now i wouldn't say it's one of the best musicals of all time now no i wouldn't say that i, I would agree with that i think that there was a lot to do with the production I, I was listening to an interview with rita moreno and she said that there really wasn't anything like this film at that time with that degree of production especially for a musical film and she mentioned like like i said the costumes were were well done she mentioned that you wouldn't see a film with kind of that kind of gritty look to it to the costumes it wasn't it what i think in that period of time it wasn't an excessively flamboyant film uh we might look at it back now and say that it is um but at the time i don't think it was very similar to any other musicals that were being done at the time so i do think it it, it was definitely a, a trailblazing movie and i agree with the critics in that regard but yeah i i don't know if i think that the the modern reception to it the kind of nostalgia, reminiscence type of view that's that's going on, but it's this great film. I don't know, but I fully agree with that. Um, but definitely the critics at the time, I can I can see that. I can agree with that. So I'm not really sure it really holds up for me, you know, from a modern lens, just because 
of the issues that it had, like I said, with, with the with the brown face of it all. <laughs> and a lot of it, there were a lot of, like, stereotypes, too, that were in the film. The accents. But I, I'm happy that Spielberg is trying to remedy, remedy that, at least. Is there anything else that you think about, about how it's held up over time? Yeah, I don't think this is a movie that aged well at all. And especially now, like, yeah, blackface is, is such a big thing when it gets brought up. And, and I don't want to jump on it, you know, saying, yes, this film should be no, I really don't want to use this word, canceled. Because, honestly, with this movie, it's a product of its time. It's not like they heavy them up in makeup. And we talked about Breakfast at Tiffany's. One of the biggest problems about Breakfast at Tiffany's and the yellow face in it was uh, Mickey Rooney. He came out of that apartment yelling in this awful Chinese accent with buck teeth and glasses on. He was he was a caricature. All right, he he was actually like one of those racially offensive uh, comic strip cartoons back in the day. And I don't think this film is is doing that. I think it's just at this at this time and age, it was acceptable to go ahead and do brown face. Maybe not like full black face, like the jazz thing or anything like that. But brown face is just one of those typical things. And there's all sorts of movies that you can see that being used up until well the eighties, which is actually I believe the eighties when they remade this, uh they remade they reviled the the play, they did the same thing. They still did the brown makeup makeup with a Puerto Rican Puerto Rican actress. That way she can fit what, you know, most Americans were accustomed to think was what an actual foreigner would look like. Yeah, and I think if you watch any Western, you're going to see a whole bunch of brown face. And I think that's that's even more offensive because they they definitely villainize the Mexicans uh, at that time in those movies. Um, so I don't I don't think this was trying to villainize these characters in that way, like you would see in those movies. But I know for me, you know, being Mexican, it's definitely something that you kind of just you you get used to when you're watching old films, and that's awful to say, but it's something that. You expect to see. You have to take it with a grain of salt, I guess. You can still definitely be offended. I mean, I'm, I am offended. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's something that that was just normal for these films back then. Yeah, and, and yeah, uh, villainizing is another thing, another popular way to use brown face. So this film didn't use. So I don't think this film was trying to be insulting. It was just an acceptable practice back in the day. Like for instance, the the guy who played Bernardo in this film, he originally in the play he played Riff, the leader of the Jets. So all he did was put on brown uh, makeup and switch teams. Uh, George um, Chakaris, not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. That's something I I can't hold the movie to. It's not going to go ahead and diminish my rating of it at all. But it is something. Hey, you put this on. You're going to have to go ahead and explain some things either to your friends or you may have to explain to your kids because, yeah, it's something that is no longer acceptable and it's something that never should have been, but at least it's something that we no longer continue. Uh, I don't think this is anything as offensive like Breakfast at Tiffany's, but yeah. Well, one argument I do have against that, though, is that I read that Rita Moreno did, while they were filming, say, hey, like, you know that we have lots of different skin tones, right? Like, this isn't this isn't really necessary. 
and I guess they just kind of ignored her. So they were aware of it. They were aware of the reality of this. And someone they actually still, called her. They still did this. Someone actually called her a racist for recommending, you know, not to put her in makeup and bringing it up. And like, why am I going in even more makeup? Like, I'm already Puerto Rican. And they went ahead and accused her of being racist. So, of course, there's people on the sets like that. And, yeah, there are some people that are being a little bit more liberal. But I think this film is a liberal film. Like, it's still making that liberal message. But, hey, that's just the way Hollywood was back in the day. And they thought it was acceptable. I bet that for the people who created this, you know, the people who created this, if they were to create it in now times, they wouldn't do that. And not just because, of course, that movie's not going to get made. But they would want to go ahead and... You know, give give uh, those people the the chance and actually and actually cast them in the right roles without having to well, fix them and make up detours. I'm also going to disagree with that. So another thing we didn't bring up is just that there were absolutely no black people in the Puerto Rican cast. It was all just brown, tan, Hispanic, and that's something that in the Heights actually just got some flack for uh, the movie that came out this summer. Is that there were just no black people represented and so many people from Puerto Rico, you know, have a variety of skin tones and from Latin America in general. So I, I think it was very much lacking in that regards as well. And we're seeing that, like I said, in more modern films where the whole Afro Latino concept just does not exist. No, I agree. I agree on that. I mean, the only way they would have been able to fix it back then is if they were to use different color makeup. But I think that would also make it even more noticeable what they were trying to do. I mean, these actors existed back then. <laughs> it's not that these actors didn't exist. It's not that they couldn't find these actors. They just chose not to. Yeah, no, no. It's definitely, it's it's still wrong. But what I'm saying is it's, I don't, I think it was just something that was acceptable for its time. And it wasn't a real conscious racist motive or culturally appropriated moment. I mean, uh, uh motion i, I, would I still, still think it's wrong it was but i would still say that it's a racist and culturally appropriate motive but that was how movies movies operated back then well i mean hollywood was racially motive mean motivated back then oh yeah it was awful <laughs> yeah yeah it's bad that, i'm just i'm not blaming the, the story and the people you know especially because i don't know who in the cast and the production and everything were to make those decisions you know if i found out that Oh, yeah, the director wanted to go ahead and they had this huge Puerto Rican cast and the studio came in and said, nah, I got some, you know, nice white people over here, you know, and we're going to go ahead, dress them up and we'll go ahead and do that. I think, yeah, I'll call this film out even more. But without anything being there to suggest it, I'm not I'm not going to go ahead and call the and, and blanket it as a as a racist film, which is why I think that it still holds up. It's still something that you can go in and you can watch. You just have to go ahead and put a disclaimer on it. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. So what was your overall rating of this film? This is like a C for me. It's just a... It's like a C minus, honestly. I, I think I would say the same C minus, because I want to give it some benefit of the doubt for what it was at that time period. But as far as my enjoyment of this, I did not enjoy this film. Uh... It it was hard for me to get through. Rita Moreno really was the saving grace for me. And I know I keep talking about her, but 
she really was the saving grace for me for this film. But I do want to give the benefit of the doubt. And it, like I said, there were things that I, that I did enjoy. I didn't completely hate it. Um, I think that runtime could have gone down a little bit, but it was all right. C minus seems fair. Yeah, I would would have C minus. It's a solid film, and then I'm taking a you know it's a solid C, and I'm taking away some points because we didn't get any chemistry with the 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 actor uh, with Maria and with Tony. There's just nothing there to believe that love story. Uh, I think you know at least racially that that side of the story you know was was developed to a certain degree. I mean, they really didn't explain that one too much, except, you know, hate upon sight. Uh, but other than that, yeah, C-minus film. That's the thing, too, is that there's so many tropes that come out of the Romeo and Juliet story, like the, the insta-love, the, the star-crossed lovers, and I don't really like them in any kind of media I consume. Oh, it is what it is. Also, this, we, we talked in our questionnaire, a pet peeve of yours is when people can have can sit down and have an adult conversation. And I forgot to bring this up before when we started the spoilers. But do you feel like if Tony had a better plan, he could have stopped them from fighting? Like, he just came in like, whoa, 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 stop. You know, like, hey, man, no, we're all one people. What are we even fighting over? It's just a little bit of street. I feel like he even if he was screaming. like, hey, hey, Bernardo, Maria sent me. This is what's going on. And I feel like Bernardo would have at least paused. He might not have fully stopped, but he would have given some pause if he brought up his sister. Or it might have made it worse. I don't know. Um, but but something. I don't know. Just He could have said a little bit more. Tried a little bit more. Which that knife scene. I, I forgot to mention this earlier. I started cracking up in that scene when they pulled out those knives and you get the little the little sound effect the little like shine of the light against the blades as they just whipped out their knives oh my gosh i just started cracking up i don't know why i thought that was so funny yeah no that i i was it was a bit hysterical especially when he gets stabbed when he kind of just like dives bomb into the knife like there's no defensive <laughs> tactics in in musicals apparently there's no they were trying to kick the knife out of each other's hand like a couple of times. And yeah, yeah and get, I mean, I've never been in a knife fight knife. myself, personally speaking, but I, I just feel like that's not how you go about it. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's other ways to avoid the knife. Again, this is why I don't get theater kids uh, sharp objects. That's why I give them props. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's one thing that we we've learned from this film. Just just our ma- biggest takeaway. Is just don't give knives to theater kids. Yeah, we still love you though, theater kids, and we're not just saying yeah, that. We love you, no, theater we kids. We need the audience uh, listenership until we make it famous. Then yeah, kick the theater kids out again. But till then, we love you. <laughs> so I think we can say this mission is officially wrapped. I think this case is closed. Um, so what's gonna be our next episode, Brian? Can you give a little teaser for our next episode? Yes, what I can tell you. Caitlin, is you can take those dancing shoes, you can put your switchblades away, you can move to the east side, north side, south side of town, whatever you want. Because what we're doing next week is we're unhooking from the Matrix, and we're going to need guns. Lots of guns. Because, like I just said, the Matrix, which I am super excited for. This is one of my, debatably, like, this keeps coming up, man, is this my number one favorite film? Uh, so I'm super excited. Caitlin, I'm upset that you haven't seen it. 
until now. I've never seen The Matrix. I've seen clips. I've seen clips. Of course, everybody's seen clips, but I, I am glad that now I do get to share this experience and I have a reason to go out and see this. Well, actually, this is going to be an IMAX uh, next week, so I'm looking forward to watching this. But yeah, uh, if you're one of those, the four other people out there, along with Caitlin, that haven't seen The Matrix, go watch it and meet us next week for our debrief. Yep, we look forward to to seeing you then. So I hope you guys enjoyed our episode. Um, if you want to find us on social media, our Twitter handle is at OpSilverScreen, and that's also our Instagram handle as well. As Like I said, it's OpSilverScreen. Um, let us know what you think about this episode. Let us know if you have any suggestions of other films that we should tackle. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you, and uh, we can't wait to see. We look forward to hearing from you and, and look forward to seeing what you, you thought of this episode and this mission. And, and leave us your thoughts on West Side Story. Um, maybe we're completely off base. Maybe we're the, the vocal minority in this. I'm not sure, but we would like to hear from you. So we hope you guys tune in. Uh, we'll be airing again in two weeks from now. As like I said, we tackle the Matrix, and so we look forward to it. So this has been Operation Silver Screen. Take care.